I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. On today's episode of Weird Norfolk, we're looking at the witch's heart of King's Lynn. The witch's heart at King's Lynn. It's a lively town square famous for fun fairs and festivals, the beating heart of King's Lynn's social scene. On the north side of Tuesday Market, a large square fringed by the Corn Exchange, pubs and hotels, numbers 15 and 16 hide a wicked secret. Above one of the windows, carved into red brick, is a diamond shape, and within it, a somewhat crudely carved heart. But this heart doesn't mark romance. It marks the death of Margaret Reed, a woman burned at the stake in the square in 1590, a full three decades before witchfinder general Matthew Hopkins was born and almost 60 years before he would begin his witch purges in the east of England. Reed was accused and then found guilty of witchcraft. Her punishment was to be burned in the marketplace. The marketplace had a long history of being the site of executions, both hangings and burnings, all of which would have been witnessed by inquisitive crowds. Legend has it, that as she was being consumed by flames, Margaret's heart burst from her chest, smashed into the spot above the window, which is now marked with the diamond, and then fell to the ground before it beat a determined path to the nearby River Ouse, where it sank beneath the surface, the water bubbling and boiling as it was inviolate. Before before prepping, I was meant to Google whether that is actually even physically possible. I don't know, if a body gets so hot, can... The organs burst out. It's not a question you want to ask every day. I imagine the organs burst. Whether they then bounce into the River Ouse, which is right round the corner, I think is up for discussion. But I would imagine they would explode and there might be some form of... I mean, it might not have been her heart. If it was something that exploded with such power, it could have been anything. It could have been. It I think it's a fascinating idea that this was something that was considered public entertainment. So I would imagine that there's a bit of poetic licence here somewhat with the heart bursting. I think it was at a time when people believed the heart was, although the heart is obviously vital, they believed it was it was the powerhouse of, of a body and not the brain. So everything came from the heart. So at that time... 
the heart was seen as far more important than it possibly is today, although obviously it's super important. There was a lot of, of emphasis put on the heart and that was why often there would be spells which would involve hearts so there'd be cloth hearts i think there's one at the castle norwich yeah, castle a bottle with the, a little cloth heart with loads of little pins sticking out of it yeah so. and that that heart is from king's lynn yeah, it is so actually, it's yeah, so it it's is. from just round the corner and it's kind of a, a a cloth heart and it's covered in pins and i think it was found at the plough inn as i recall under the threshold Normally they would have been in bottles and it would have been part of a kind of incantation where you would create a heart, fill it with pins, nails, and then you would put in a bottle, seal it with your own urine, which is a lovely touch, isn't it? In a, ha- <laughs> in a handmade item. <laughs> All crafters, take note. And uh, then it would be boiled on a fire and then you would bury it and it would protect you from somebody who had wronged you. Uh, there's a, I think there's another example in Great Yarmouth of a, of a, of a woman who'd been plagued by a, a widow, both of them called Margaret, so it's quite kind of... Oh, in fact, this one's called Margaret as well. Yeah, Everyone was yeah. called Margaret then, <laughs> one of the Margarets in Great Yarmouth who, who'd been plagued by a, a nearby widow and she made a, a heart of cloth and placed it in a bottle and with pins and nails and uh, to protect her against against the uh, the so-called witch who was next door uh, doing all manner of dastardly things. When I was putting together the research for this story, I tried to... I wanted to see if the building actually corresponded with the story and the building had been standing there as, old, as long as the story, so it would have been there when Margaret was burned... It's not like, the, you know, it's replaced a, a previous building and that was put in to represent something else. I guess it could be she had a fan and she was wronged and it was a mark to 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 mark that fact. Um, I mean, presumably she was wronged, as witchcraft is, is not a thing. The offences that people were charged with, particularly during the witch trials, which came later, were so random... And so a lot of the time it just seemed like if someone had a grudge against that person, you know, or they were a bit fearful of them because they might have been a little bit different. So it's likely that Margaret would have been, you know, an older woman, maybe a widow living on her own. And people were suspicious of her. She might have been a little bit grumpy. We all get a little bit grumpy. Both but, of us would have been on yeah. that square, well, on that pyre. Well, this is one of the things that like, really we? gets to me about witch stories yes. in particular is I know for a fact that I would have been hanged or she burned. She would have gone. I would have, yeah. without a doubt. I've got yeah. like, I was, you know, I was born on Halloween. I've got a birthmark. I have pets. Yeah. You know, all the evidence is there, <laughs> Shafer. You know, and it's like, so I always feel really connected to these women because I feel yeah. like, you know, they weren't actually doing anything wrong. Mm. They just might have you know, upset a few people. But yeah. I think both of us would would not have made it through the witch trials, would no. we? Not. <laughs> Although we probably would have been slightly more cunning and a bit more normal. It was a time when witchcraft was believed in and when it would have been... There were moral devils, so people would just get together to be angry about somebody else because it brought them all together as a society. So it was kind of seen as not only a great rollicking day out where you could watch a a woman, an innocent woman, burn to death, but also it was a chance to, to publicly rid evil. 
and at a time when evil was something that was believed in, when witchcraft was believed in, this would have been seen as a, a as just punishment and 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 as something that needed to be justice seen to be done. So although you know that is quite that's taking quite a righteous stance on it because I imagine it was pretty much just because they wanted to see. I think a lot of the time it was it was a scapegoat as well, wasn't yeah. it? And and it, I mean it happens now. It's finding someone to blame for your misfortune. You know if if you're you know, you've got a, yeah, or your or your cow gets sick, or you know, yeah. you drop something on your foot. It's it's not your fault. It's obviously the witch down the road's fault. Like she's put a curse on you, mm. and it's yeah, it's just that scapegoat mentality as well, it which I think is really sad. Quite handy to keep that, wouldn't it? It'd be quite good to blame everything that we do wrong on the, well, the fair, witch. I think, <laughs> I think people do blame them or try to find someone else to blame their misfortune on. Yeah. I'm not going to go into politics in this, but... Yes. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's a similar sort of... It's obviously not executing people, but it's mm. still looking for a scapegoat, looking for someone else to blame. It's, it's that centuries-old idea of the moral devil, which is so you have you have somebody who you attach everything to and then you publicly rid society of them. Mm. And in doing so, you purge your own sin, you purge the sin of your community, and you kind of offer to God um, a, a sacrifice, basically, to say, we're, we're on side with you, you know, the, look what we're doing, somebody who's, who's straight from the path. That's how seriously we take this. And uh, But, you know, they did also kind of sell trinkets and, and, yeah. and nice food. There. It was a bit like a festival. So let's not give them too much... Uh, too much credence really I think it was just uh, a way for everyone to get together wasn't it I would imagine that her case is one that has persisted because she was accused of something scandalous whereas normally an execution would have been although a a super day out it's probably would have been something far more tedious like you know stealing or murder or you know or or an assault it wouldn't have been invoking satan to do your dirty work for you so witches always get a huge amount of uh, publicity even at the time and of interest because it's something otherworldly and in the same way we're sitting here talking about it now they would have sat around talking about it in a, in a completely different manner to the the idle gossip of just there's been a robbery there's been a murder they are things that can be explained aren't they whereas witchcraft they, there was so much fear so much kind of invested in believing that there was something that was happening that was outside anybody's control. So I think those stories will always persist. You know, there there will have been hundreds of people who died in that area whose stories have gone. They may be public record somewhere. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I wonder if this is kind of so well remembered as well because we have a name. So that yeah. makes it more, you know, like a, it's a real person and people feel more connected. There's a name, there's a record of her being burned there. There's not much else known about her. But yeah, she was a real person, and so the story lives on. Oh, Margaret Reed, this happened to a real person instead of yeah, an anonymous. And, and almost regardless of whether that heart marks some hideous bodily explosion, it now is her heart. Regardless, it has become her heart because of the story attached to it. And it might well be that heart was there before she died. It might well be that that heart was put there shortly after she died for a completely different reason. 
but today it's hers and it doesn't kind of really matter does Mm. it whether or not it, it it's linked to something that physically happened it now has become margaret reed's heart in king's lynn and and a story that reminds us all about persecution Mm -hmm. and about how women used to be treated and men to be fair some men when hopkins came along as we said these these witchcraft cases escalated out of control um but before that i think it was something like in in hopkins three-year witch finder general reign he found more he found more witches than had been found in the previous 200 years so that's what you're looking at so this so margaret reed but would have been rare, unusual which which would be why she was remembered as well because yeah. it's actually a fairly rare case when he came along the incidences of so-called witchcraft went through the roof because he was looking for them and mm. because he was basically engineering witches yeah, I made him do that oh yeah i've got this great idea to make some money i'll go around killing innocent women yeah well i think that pretty much was the case and he would i mean he even he even created specific tools he was the witch pricker wasn't he and he had this tool where he would he would prick a witch with a a so-called witch with a needle and he had some kind of stunt tool whereby the needle would retract so, so when she he feel so it. she wouldn't feel it, and so when she didn't feel it, he would then guilty yeah renounce her as a witch, and mm-hmm. uh, with a basically with some kind of joke needle that didn't have a needle in it. So he would do it first of all, and she would scream. Yeah, he would then do it again, and, and it would be proof that she felt no real pain because she was a witch. When in fact, you know, it was the equivalent of him using a, a trick you'd get from a joke shop. And and as she said earlier, he or or certainly witches were often people who just didn't their faces didn't fit. We've we've just done a story about a chap, uh, a vicar, John Lodes, John Lodes yeah. in Suffolk, who was accused of witchcraft by his parishioners, and it was basically because he was a royalist at a time when Suffolk was parliamentarian. And he, his beliefs were kind of very old school and slightly Catholic. Theirs weren't. And so he was a perfectly godly man in his own way. But they, yeah, they, they had him okay. flushed he was, out. And he, was like, he was 80 years old. Yeah. And, you know, they, they tortured him into confession. So he said, oh, he'd got all, you know, all these... Imps. Imps <laughs> running around doing his business for him. Brownies. Which is... I was imp leader. Sixer. <laughs> yes. So I could have sent my pack. Yeah, and, and, and you know, under duress, he confessed to all these things, and then they was he burned or was he? I think he's hanged, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he he, he confessed to enchanting cows, um, to to sinking a ship, which they never even bothered to look into whether or not there had been one that day that had sunk. He said he'd sunk it on a perfectly calm day, but there was no record of it. Um, he, I mean, all manner of things. It was, you know, I mean, basically, if you were kept awake for days and days and then dragged up and down your cell, you, I would admit yeah, to anything. Yeah, you'd say anything to make it yeah. stop, wouldn't you? Yeah, yes, the imps so... come to me daily. <laughs> what well, can so I do? you'd be delirious as well, yeah. wouldn't you? So you probably don't even know what you're saying. Most of the witches that he found were handily close to his home base. 
you know, he was the local local it's really representative. Terrifying that sort of time as well, because you you know you can't you couldn't put a foot wrong because you'd be fearful that your neighbour was gonna you know mm. say something and accuse you of witchcraft. Yeah, and, and basically, awful. if you were arrested, it was game over really mm. because he would keep going until. So you're either gonna die from the the ducking or whatever the torture the torture or you're then found guilty so you're you're burned or hanged yeah not great really no. the odds were not good the trials at Bury St Edmunds weren't they yeah. but obviously in and we had Lower Stoft which is Yarmouth. Yarmouth and Kings Lynn were yeah. the main ones I don't think he actually ever came officially to Norwich It's a beautifully kind of wrapped up tale of, you know, I mean, I suppose the only thing we are missing is why Margaret was was taken to the marketplace in the mm-hmm. first, or, you know, why she, she met her fate there. We don't really know a great deal about the actual case. I think there was some suggestion it had something to do with her husband, wasn't it? Or... Yeah, well, I found a website that said uh, there are two possible contenders. Uh, the, just the website was um, Winsham dot blogspot.co.uk there are two possibilities this um the person that wrote this found if she was if she was unmarried and margaret reed is recorded in the parish registered for parish registers for king's lynn but that would only make her about 20 years of age which is quite rare um and then there was a margaret hammond who was married to a thomas reed they didn't have any children and it's unclear what happened to her husband so but they're still both very vague but, you know, she might have been an unmarried woman, which in some cases was enough. And also actually not having children could have been enough at, at that time. So, but that's that's all we've got. No, there's nothing else at the moment. Somebody might find something. for listening to this week's Weird Norfolk episode. You can find us every week in the Eastern Daily Press on page 13 of Weekend Supplement. You can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk and if you're feeling social, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press.